everyone, and welcome back to the Mississippi Artist to Artist podcast. We're still on break, but while we're on break, we wanted to celebrate Black History Month by going back and re-airing all of the interviews we've been honored to have so far by Mississippi Black artists. It's important to celebrate these things throughout the year, but right now we need to take the time and recognize the history that Black artists have in Mississippi and the inclusive future we're all building together. So without any more time wasted, let's get to the interview. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Little Yellow Building. Um, thanks for joining us for this week's Spotlight on Interview. Each week we take a different Mississippi artist and they, they call in or we interview over Zoom or it's an email interview, but we find out a lot more about them and what they do and what makes them so special. And this week we're joined by Anthony Washington, and he's out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and he's a tattoo artist, but he's much more than that, and we'll get to find that out. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you for joining us. And why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey through art? Okay. Um, well, first off, good morning. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it is a morning and it is good. So I guess we're, we're off to a good start. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like my journey through art, um, without being too long-winded, um, I, I always kind of was into that from a younger age. Um I came from a pretty religious family, <laughs> as does a lot of people do in the South. Um, so art was not like, I guess, the forefront with that kind of stuff. Um, but I am very thankful that my family, they kind of made the assumption that like, if I was keeping my hands busy, if I was creating, you know, that was a better move than just letting me get, you know, wild in other areas. So that was always my focus. Um, they, you know, allowed me to take some art classes, um, from different local artists, uh, many, many years ago. Um, and then that kind of got the ball rolling. Um, it, you know, I, I went through a phase where I was actually going door to door doing art sales, um, doing a little wag. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, like it was, I mean, like I said, yeah, cool. were, yeah, yeah, they were like, as, as insane as my parents are, they're like the most normal people ever, you know? Um, and so I think that they just had their hands full with me. So they were just like, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're not on drugs, as long as you're not, you know, hurting anything, like get crazy and weird, you know, to a point. Um, so I would go around door to door with a sign that said basically like, you need art, I sell art basically, um, like a placard. That's and I would just go to your upgraded lemonade stand. Yes, I brought the lemonade to you. I was uh, art Amazon, basically. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so I would go door to door in, like, the area. And I did that for quite a while. And eventually I kind of caught the attention um, of, a, of a gallery. And, you know, I was probably, like, 17, 18 years old at the time. And they just thought that was, like the craziest thing in the world. I mean, hear myself talk about it. I'm like, that it'd be super weird. Someone knocks on your door selling you paintings. Um, but yeah, but that's your, that's your Basquiat Andy Warhol moment. You know, that's yeah, walking yeah, in yeah, your yeah. cafe and saying, here's my car. Very that's much awesome. so. It, it, and it's weird that you mentioned that because Basquiat was actually like one of my largest influences at, when I was younger. Cause I'm a, I was born in the eighties. So all the stuff like Keith Haring and, and all those guys that kind of really were taking like graffiti and street art and all that stuff and kind of turning it into something better. Um, tattoos were always around when I was little, but obviously, like I said, from that, like, you know, religious upbringing, tattooing and piercings and, and all the stuff now that, that you know, it's, it's a lot more accepted, obviously, in, in our time frame than it was then. It was shocking. It was only for like bikers and, and criminals, you know, um, and that she really thought tattoos. So that wasn't even on my radar at the time. Um, the gallery basically allowed me, a lovely lady named Susie Sanders was amazing. Um, and she, uh, owned a gallery and she basically allowed me to work there. Um, like took me on as an intern, basically like never met me, um, which is just kind of unbelievable that kindness. Um, so I just, it's always burning my brain and allowed me to work there. Kind of taught me the ropes of like how to package a painting, how to do other stuff. And within my first week there, I sold like a $500 painting of hers or something, you know? And, you know, just trying to like, you know, just, I started taking my, like, I guess, hustler spirit, you know, with the art world that I wasn't familiar with. Um, and I just, the ball started rolling and eventually she offered me a, a solo show there, which was insane. Um, 
you know, because I was still young. I mean, I hadn't even gotten into college, you know, and just basically gave me that opportunity. And I did the weirdest stuff I ever did. Like, um, you know, I mean, I, I did a video of me, you know, dressed as a mind, trying to fall in love and get my heart broken. And it's all silent. I did these weird Barbie dolls made of weird pieces, coat hanger, like wire hanger sculptures, these insane portraits of people that were made out of like Abraham Lincoln and like it was like the weird Tell me you have this documented somewhere. I've got some I'll have to send you some of these photos. It's super weird, man. Um Elliot said this is like twenty years ago, you know? Yeah, but this is like so, Mississippi conceptual, like <laughs> Yeah, it, it, like I said, and I mean and it pretty much I mean it sold really well. Um, surprisingly, like obviously some stuff was just too weird even for me. And, but it gave me the confidence because, you know, it was called like nuptial nocturnes, I think was the name of it, which I thought was like, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't even think I knew what the words meant at the time. I was like, oh, this is so deep. Um, and a couple of other local artists, uh, really like helped me. Um, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he helped me like do a, a print. Like a woodblock print lithograph, uh, is that what it's called? Lithograph, I think. Um, yeah. Like the carved uh, block print. Um, I think that's the correct term. But basically, did like a carved print for me, um, and then that was like the, the send out invitation. Um, and yeah, man, like I said, I mean, it just it really got me going, and then eventually that got me linked up to other. It, it's always like I feel like it's just like a rolling you know, progression through stuff. Um, it gave me the confidence to actually try to apply to go to school for art. And when I got accepted, um, actually, um, Ms. Sanders actually gave me money to, as a congratulations, to go to school. And that really helps me because I came from a, a pretty, like, you know, lower income situation, as, as most artists do. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just like it opened up the door to give me possibilities and, and that opened up other avenues to where I started doing like local art shows kind of, you know, just like I would get people together and I would go to the library because I learned that, um, the library would allow you to like rent out spaces for like community functions. Um, so I would turn them into art projects and call it like mixed media production. And basically like we would put on like art shows for people, like a reception, you know? Um, and then from that, I just went off to school. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just like, I, I was like, you had, you had yeah, more yeah. of an art, an artist experience in life and shows by the time you were 20 than a lot of them have by the time they reach, you know, 35 or 40. Well, I think, you I think that's, that's insane. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that helped me. Like we, we kind of, before we started the recording, we talked a little bit about being like forged in fire. I use that quote a lot just because I'm a nerd and I think I like Lord of the Rings, you know, um, <laughs> it's forged in Mount Doom or whatever. Um, and, and I think that like you, when you have nothing, you have to make something right. Like there is no bottom, you're already there. And so, you know, step by step, you know, $100 here turns into a thousand dollars later and then that thousand, 10,000 and so on and so forth. So it was just opening up those avenues for me, um, that enabled me to get into, you know, art school. Um, and I was able to get, you know, um, thankfully my, I had a decent brain on my shoulders as well. So I was able to do well on my ACPs and all that stuff, and that led me to go into southeastern Louisiana, which I really wanted to go there because they had some really interesting painters, um, and I really was always obsessed with, like, figural-type work. Um, most of my work is, if I can do something with a face, <laughs> even in my current work, I'm going to always probably do something with a face. Like, I, I just, you know, I, I thought... I don't know. I've just always been obsessed with the figure. Most of the artists that I like, whether it's abstract or, um, you know, all any style you could take from art. I'm like the pieces that I care about the most, um, you know, lean towards that stuff. And, you know, and as I was doing shows and, and getting scholarships and doing that stuff, you know, like we, like we kind of talked about before, you meet other artists, you develop that community. Um, and there's been so just many, so many influential people to me through that time period. Um, for like my teacher would give me like my own studio space. So it was like I was in the class, but I had my own space to work, you know. Um, so it, it was kind of that skill plus determination, which I feel like some artists, you have the skill set, but you're not determined, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I tell my kids all the time, you can um, hard work beats talent when talent won't work. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's people out there. I tell you all the time. It's like I, you know, I'm 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 on that seven out of ten scale. <laughs> you know, um, I, yeah. I got, you know, you, you have to have some some skill, right? But being able to get out there and promote and all that stuff and 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 you know and all through that college stuff. Eventually, unfortunately, as an artist, you know, even graduating, you know, it, it allowed me to you know do some studying up in Canada through my artwork and, and through my like little thesis stuff I had to do through honors college and stuff with art. Was there are many artists at the time that graduated there that were in like the honors program as well. I might have been the only one that was actually do like a thesis on my art. Um and then when I graduated it was like, oh I'm so poor. <laughs> you know? Oh <laughs> so, you know, it was just like, oh I, I still have no money. So I was trying to find ways to you know, really make a living from my work. And that is very hard, as any artist knows. Um, and, you know, like I said, coming back home after all these travels and, and going all over and, and all these different states and out of the country and doing things like that. Um, you know, I, I came back home and I was still kind of struggling. I was like, you know, working the odd jobs like everyone does um, to get on your feet. And I had a really good friend named Michael Godbold who had done some tattoos on me as a kid. Excuse me, as I say, as a kid, like, you know, 18, you know, um, <laughs> I'm old now. I'll be 40 next year. So I'm an old man now. But, you know, at, at the time I was still really young. And so I knew that, you know, he was very skilled in that way and he was a great artist. And after a while of doing some tattoos on me, he basically gave me an opportunity to, to basically apprentice under him. Right. And so, you know, I didn't know much about tattooing other than, you know, because we're talking at the time, tattoos. this is before Miami Inc. You know, this is pre, right. you know, TV shows, tattoos, craze. Like, like, you basically walked in and picked the palm tree off the wall. There wasn't custom tattooing going on as much. Um, and he saw something in me that basically felt like he could turn that into tattooing and, and bless his heart for, for, for sticking with me through that. Um, you know, like I said, I, w I was probably the most difficult study. I had the hustle aspect, <laughs> you know, but with a new medium, it's kind of like taking a painter and be like, yeah, sculpt all this stuff for me. Um, hard, you know, I, I, I didn't write that. And the problem is there's no erasing, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, that, no, no takes you back to you. So, um, it was definitely a complete, uh, 180 in that direction. Um, but like most things, if you would, I think it's like uh, 10 years or 10,000 hours through that time, it, right? Like it, it enabled me to basically kind of uh, get to the point I am now where like the work that I was doing way back then, selling all artwork in my little wagon, I'm able to touch you now, you know? So sorry, that was a long winded, right. but I think that kind of covered my most of the, no, the high rate. You know, but yeah, that, I mean, that, look at that, that's journey. a short, uh, short journey, I guess. I know that's amazing. I mean, you've got so many relatable points. I mean, from where you came from to being now, one of the things that I'm fascinated about your story is that, um, what kind of art were you being exposed to when you were, cause I grew up 80s in uh, Mississippi and I had no clue who Keith Haring or Andy Warhol or any of those people were, but I was really sheltered. Yeah, I mean, I was, honestly, man, I mean, I was too. Like I said, I mean, um, my dad was a minister. Um, you know, my mom was, you know, in, in the nursing and, and, and in the healthcare stuff. Then she ended up working for, like, internal revenue service. Like, you know, so they were always very religious household. But one of the things that, you know, I really respect my family for, although we, we disagree on ideologies, obviously, is here in the South, most people are going to disagree with parents on, you know, right. things. Um, but at the end of the day, they always, like, failure was not an option, right? Like, so I don't know if that's a good lesson for them or not, but they were really key on pushing education and, like, you know, Bs were not acceptable. You better make an A, you know? Um, you know, you're, you know, once you were getting, you know, dollars for every C on the report card, it's like, if you don't get an A, you know, you, you don't eat, you know? So they really were pushing, um, the narrative to be the best I could, could, could be. And I think also knowing, like, the world that they were living in at the time, especially growing up, like I said, just, you know, we weren't wealthy, um, in the South, which means you're extra poor. Um, 
you know, really trying to grow and blossom into something better than where you came from is hard. And so my parents, like I said, I, I give them all the credit. They had a lot of foresight. And so basically they would, um, we weren't very wealthy, but they, back in the day, I mean, young people probably don't even know what encyclopedias are, but <laughs> um, back in the day, like you could get the world book encyclopedias. I'm sure you remember that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And so we weren't the wealthiest. And so like basically you would have to buy a volume at a time, right? You'd get like the A book and then the B book and so on and so forth. And so they oh, were really, the thing to collect them each month. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Um, it was like, it was like that in the presidential plate, you know, you'd get up a yeah. or whatever. like <laughs> finger hut, those weird like things that you would get these knickknacks. And, and so they, I guess, you know, they had the foresight to give me those books and I didn't have a lot of friends, um, you know, growing up that were my age. I mostly hung around with older people, um, you know, my grandparents and, and things like that. And so education was always such a, um, a big deal to like read. And so I, I think I just would read these books. Right. And, um, I would go to the library cause it was free, <laughs> you know, um, and right. I immerse myself in anything art wise. Anytime I got to go, like I would just get the max amount of books, wherever it was like 12 books at a time or something. You had to like go to the Dewey decimal system and use your pencil and all that stuff to write them around, <laughs> you know, I know no from yeah, um, Oh my gosh, the pencils are always dull, they're super small, and so I would just get as many books as I could, and I would just sit in my room and, and, and learn and try to copy and emulate, um, and yeah, I mean, I would try to do everything, and I think I just, you know, a lot of those older textbooks, I mean, obviously they didn't have, like, the modern work, because, you know, the encyclopedias were going to show you, like, the, like, ancient art. Right, which is where I think I got right. my interest in figures, because most of the things that I saw were like sculptures, statues. Which I feel like if I could go back in time, I would probably rather be a sculptor um, if I had that skill set, because I feel like if you can see it, you can make it. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't have access to marble, <laughs> so, you know, or, um, right? Like I, I didn't have access. Pen and paper was a lot easier to to get. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, through that and, and just so much massive help along the way, um, I definitely couldn't be someone who, like, I did it all myself. I wish I did. Um, I definitely put in the work, but so many artists, like, that were older than me at the time, like, took me on. And if they did an art show, they would, like, snatch me on with them, you know? So, like, I would be able to enter in, like, a painting, you know? And, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you know, I was able to stick, sneak in like one, you know, one piece. And then normally that piece was so weird or so stand out, um, that it got me noticed, right? Cause it didn't match the, the, the still life or whatever that they were painting. My painting was like me as a kid with like split heads or something, you know, very like, uh, repressed. Uh, mental anguish, and so it's like, what in the world? Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the artist, but it is flipping right now. Um, it, it's similar to like, uh, I think it's like Robert Rauschenberg. Um, I'm kind of doing layered, like layered images and stuff like that. Um, and so I was trying to do that, but like withdrawing. And if you look at my tattoos and that I do now, a lot of it has like scenes within scenes, like layered imagery and, and, and wording. And, and, you know, it's not just like here is a bird, you know, trying no, to you, you take everyone and make it your own with different, not necessarily different meanings, but more instilled meanings. You can see that from your work. It's, you try. I love yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, you, you, you try. Um, I mean, obviously, with any type of artwork, you are limited by the patrons, <laughs> right? And right. in my situation, I can't, you know, if you can support it, I can't erase. So um, it, it is tough, and it is that is probably, like, my biggest struggle <laughs> you know, currently. Um, that terrifies me. That it's scary. The whole reason that I never considered tattooing as a career is because of my lines and thinking that I'm going to pull something and somebody's going to wear that. And of course, I know that over years and over practice, you become amazing. But that was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> it's, you know, honestly, man, I mean, there, and there are certain styles that, like, I don't do because of that reason um, or I don't focus on. Um, you know, not that I think I have, like, bad line work by any means. I think it's nice, you know, decent at least. Um, but I think that with most things in art, you know, it's like if you 
focus on a certain thing, it is very hard to do a complete 180 and do a totally different style. Right. Right. So, like, if you focus on landscapes and you're painting in a very surrealistic state where, like, your trees are melting, right? You know, your Salvador Dali over here, right? Then someone's going to come to you and be like, oh, I love those melted trees. Paint my baby. Right? (laughs) Right? Because in their mind, art is art, right? Like, and they're thinking, like, oh, if you can paint a drippy tree, obviously you could do a portrait of my child or whatever, right? Right. Versus people that paint babies and dogs and whatever, they're like, you know, recreate the starry night for me, right? And so they're not thinking of that. And so normally I have to try to break it to them in terms of sometimes gets me in trouble because I'm a pretty straightforward person. And I'm like, think of it like this, like you're, you're, you have a toothache and you walk into the heart surgeon's office, right? And you're like, fix me, right? You went to That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And normally it's like they'll either they get embarrassed and then they're mad, <laughs> right? Or they take right. it like, huh, that makes sense. Like, let me go to someone that does teeth, right? I mean, we think about it that in life all right. the time. You have dealerships for even cars, right? Like, you don't take your Mazda to the BMW dealership. I mean, I'm sure they could do it, maybe. But that's not their specialty or whatever. So that's at least with my work. And some tattoo artists are very different. They're trying to do the, like, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right? And, and that's the thing about with any artwork is, like, there are artists out there, and they just do whatever. Like, they're proficient in a lot of different things. Um, I feel like, for me, I am trying to be the best that I can be at what I do, you know? Um, I know I try to focus on like you know, you know what I mean like so, I'm kind of yeah well I mean there's an audience for everyone there's definitely oh, those people out there who are hardcore fans of the of the, the jack of all trades but oh, then there's sure. something to be said for the artist that's taken their time and mastered what they do because they put in their own personality like if you scroll through your Instagram and look at your tattoos I can spot your tattoos you know once oh, sure. you become familiar with it. it it's just like a signature. You know, exactly. you've got your line work and the way you work with color. Yeah, I hear that a lot from from, uh, from clients and from people that are interested in my work is that, you know, I mean, it obviously looks like I did it. Um, there are some things that obviously are different that, you know, obviously I'm like, you know, this is not my normal stuff because, and like, like I said, I mean, it, it is a, a business at the end of the day. And, you know, right. I may not always post a word, you know, or something you know, that someone wants that I don't really have a chance to really do much, um, put put a lot of creativity into it, but it doesn't mean that like, I don't, I care about it less. I guess that, you know what I mean? Because I think from a client's perspective, um, their tattoo is amazing no matter what it is, right? Um, just like any art patron, you know, they're, they're thinking their one inch by one inch sketch is the same as a mural. (laughs) <laughs> right from the right. perspective obviously you would rather paint the mural right um but you still have to make a living and so the one is i want in sketch hey man you got you got to keep the lights on right so it's no problem but you may only post the mural right so i think it's like from that perspective is like what you're trying to kind of you know the vibe you're trying to create for your artwork is kind of specific and that's something i've tried to work you know, by reading more about, um, you know, the business aspect of art. Um, that, that's something, like I said, that kind of helped me from my beginning is like, thankfully, like, I think my mom working for the IRS <laughs> helped me think about it from a business perspective. Um, obviously, I feel like I'm an artist through and through as far as like, I do say no to people for things that I don't feel comfortable doing if I can afford to, <laughs> you know, um, right. but, you know, because I, you know, I feel like they're going to pay you the same amount, whether it's the best thing you can do or the mediocre thing that you can do. Right. It's not like you're charging less for, you know, you're charging an hourly rate. So I feel like if you're going to pay me the same amount, then it would just be smarter. Right. If a steak costs the same as a hamburger, probably should get the steak. Right. <laughs> Right. So that's kind of, and so I feel like that's, I feel like with my work, I try to kind of break it down because I mean, like I said, I grew up around people and have always been around people that, you know, art is very foreign to them and they're looking at it in generic terms. And so I feel like my job as artists is to try to bring it to them in a way in which they understand and also to be patient. Like you said, I mean, it is scary. A lot of scary things that can go on. It's been basically a medical procedure, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And, 
and it is permanent within reason. Obviously, tattoos fade and things like that, but, you know, it's a long-term commitment. So I always try my best. I'm not, you know, I'm an imperfect person, but I try my best to be as patient as I can be with people. Um, which sometimes becomes frustrating for me because, you know, people love to talk in circles and, you know, and do whatever. Um, but that's just a part of it, man. Um, you know, right. the person who walks in the gallery every day for three years and never buys anything, you know, one day they may buy something. <laughs> but I think for a lot of people, they, you know, I think those people that even just like pictures and never get tattoos, right? Or, or comments. Everyone, everyone contributing to the good. I guess if you can copy. I was going to say, you don't know how many people are walking out the door. Might come and do that, you know, because they do that here too, and they do. I've, I've had them do that at other places, and uh, and they may never buy a paint. Right. When they're going out to somebody's house and they have artwork, they will mention, you know, the location and our exactly. same thing. If they have a friend that that is wanting a tattoo. Well, let me tell you about this place that I go, and I haven't gotten a tattoo there, but I love their work. Exactly, right, exactly. So, like, it's, a, it's you know, because obviously not everything is for everyone, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I'm very appreciative um, of people that care enough to even throw my name into the, the hat, you know? And it's been a long struggle. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's like most artist stuff. I mean, it's a long struggle. And so it's like I'm always very grateful and, uh, you know, lucky. I, I use the word blessed necessarily, but very lucky that, um, you know, all the pieces kind of aligned, like, you know, and my personality hasn't scared away all the customers yet. Um, you know, because like I said, I mean, I, there, there's ups and downs of everything, right? I mean, I'm a pretty straightforward, like I said, honest person. So, like, when, you know, I if someone asks me my opinion on something, I'm going to tell you. And nine out of ten times, like I said, because you're talking to people that don't um, come from that artistic background, they're just looking at the meaning, right? And so my analysis, right. or my, my kind of thing is always says, like, clients come to me with 75% meaning, 25% image, thinking, like, they don't care what the image looks like as long as the meaning's there. But as an artist, I don't care about the meaning necessarily, right? You're talking right. about you 75% image. image, right, 25 because no one looks at a tattoo and says, I love the meaning, right? Like, that's not going to happen, right? You got to that say, dot. That dot means faith in humanity. I know it. it right. <laughs> yes. It's the Earth. I'm celebrating Earth Day from space, right? <laughs> right? So people are going to be like, oh, I love that bulldog, right? And then the person going to be like, oh, you know, it's a memorial tattoo to my pet, right? right. They, in their minds, they want to write, like, Randall really big and then the tiniest bulldog above it, right? Because they're not thinking in those terms of, like, image is everything, right? Like, you know, in right. clients, I'm trying to think of, like, They'd want to put the Mona Lisa with smile underneath it, <laughs> right? Um, so, right, like they're trying to think of it in terms of like the base level meaning. And so, what I try to do with my work is try to like lift you out of that a little bit. And sometimes that's tough because, like I said, for clients, I mean, most people are uh, resistant to change. <laughs> you know? So normally, right. what just like with my, you know what I mean? Like if, if you, you know, if a client comes to you for your work and what they're asking for is totally out of your range, but it's still something within like shooting distance that you could give them something that you like, you're trying to kind of um, make sure they're malleable. I would think like metal. Right. You're trying to hammer them into that shape to where, like, what you're going to do is the best you can do, but also satisfies them. And then, you know, with that, right. right. So, you know, you're dealing with people's emotions. You know, people are normally, like I said, again, coming in for reasons. Um, and so those you want to guide them to the best possible outcome. Because it's forever, man. Yeah, and if it's not good, and, and like I said, people aren't people are just thinking like you're a wizard, right? Like whatever they say is going to be great, right? And that's just not the case. Like you might want to poke a dot at tuck, right? And in your mind, that's amazing, right? But in reality, it doesn't work out like that. So you would say, let's do a polka dotted bow tie, right? So right. trying to, you see, what I'm saying you're trying to kind of shift them um, into something. They need to polka make- dot. Right. You want to you figure do. out where to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Less is more, and you, and so I think it, 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 you're, and sometimes that like stresses people out because you know, like I said, their mind is 
you know, most humans' minds, especially not in that creative field, they're just set on, like, you know, one thing. And then as an artist, you're coming and hitting them with, like, a multiverse, <laughs> you know? Uh, I want a tree painting, right? And you're like, well, what style? Already off the top, they don't know art styles, right? What type of tree? Now they're hit with two things they didn't think about, right? Color or black and gray. Now they're three things deep, right? So that's just something that can easily be changed. Now you're talking about permanency, right? So all they can do is show you a picture of a tree on someone else, right? And be like, I like this. Well, the dilemma is we can't copy them because the tattoos already worked on someone's skin, right? Right. So if you were to make a direct transfer, it's going to be all, like, wonky looking. So then you're trying to not only do that, but then get to them to trust a stranger, right? They never met me before. Yeah. Um, right? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a random, weird, costume-wearing adult, <laughs> you know, to get them to trust me to do this work for them, right? So you're four layers deep, right? So that, I think from, like, the client's perspective, they're not, you know, they can be overwhelmed, and that's why I try to, like, be patient and, and try to navigate them. But like I said, I mean, some clients tell, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get mad one layer deep, right? Um, yeah. You know, because so sure. and so that, you're just trying to very patiently and smartly navigate that. And really all tattoo artists do it if they care about their clients. Um, it depends on, like, I guess what le- level of, like, self-satisfaction you're trying to get from your work. You know, like, there's the artists that, you know, like I said, they're just doing prints of whatever they're doing and only that. Right. Right. And then you're gonna have art right and it's like and they're totally fine doing one thing and one thing only and it's a lot more peaceful. People know when they're gonna come in there. You know, I think of the guy I think it's George Rodri who did the blue dog in New Orleans or whatever, right? And right. Right. He did all these portraits and stuff prior to that. I think he did like political portraits or something prior to the blue dog. And then he did the blue dog as a hit. And now the the blue dog wearing a hat. The blue dog on a ball, right? Um so yeah, there's nothing to talk about when you go in there, right? There's no, oh, man, I really wish I could get Kermit the Frog. Like, no, you're getting a blue dog, right? So I think that, like I said, if you think of that from, like, a walk-in shop perspective where it's like there's nothing to talk about, you're getting the cross on the wall, the number 12, the combo, right? It's a lot, yeah. it's a lot more peaceful because they're looking exactly at, this thing, this one ladybug, and that's the only ladybug you can get, right? And you get paid for this ladybug, and they're out the door, and it's like easy peasy lemon squeezy. Where for me, I'm like, well, are we doing a realistic ladybug? Are we doing an abstract ladybug? <laughs> right? <clears throat> and, and, right? So already they're just like, you know, but I think the end result is a better product from my perspective because it's, it's so a developed product. Exactly, man. You have to go through R and R, right? You have to go through the process of a peer group, right? Because you know, prior to COVID, they would have their friends with them, which sometimes is the worst thing ever. Sometimes it's a good thing. But oh, it's not. You, good. Know, you have to hope that the friend agrees with the artist. Because sometimes they'll try to, like, you know, go against you, basically, right? Just to be like that, I don't know, girl. You know, that kind of, you know. Right. So then you're battling two people. Um, but that, that goes into, like, the COVID stuff. So, like, now no guests are allowed. So it's um, a lot more peaceful you know, in that regard. I would imagine. Yeah, they can't bring a guest. So, um, you know, but anyway, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, I guess a, a, a decent analogy of that whole situation. So tell me this, if, uh, somebody were to walk into ink company tattoos and say, look, I, I can handle it. I want to sit and you can have my entire back for whatever you want. What would you do? Or how would you even feel about that? Um, that would be pretty scary. Um, I, I would probably, I would probably be alarmed and question them. <laughs> um, but the good thing about our shop is that we're, I would say, currently we are 100% appointment only. Um, prior to, um, the shutdown, we were probably like 90% appointment only. So when people did walk in and they were kind of say stuff like that, like normally I don't think people mean that. Right. So I think that um, 
when people see my work, they're thinking that that is the work that I would do if I could do whatever. Does, does that kind of make sense? Um, yeah, but so I like, want to do <laughs> Right, exactly. And so that would be terrifying and scary, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, so it's like, I think what I tattoo is a mixture of what I think I do decently, what I think I do well in quotation marks. Obviously, I'm growing every day. So I don't right. think of myself like I'm the best, you know, like I don't think of myself in that regard. Um, I, I think of it as like I'm trying to take what I think I can do well and then just keep pushing that envelope further. So, like, the things that I am interested in are like space and galaxies and multiverses and, you know, and, and sci-fi stuff and horror and, like, you know, so you probably end up with, like, a trans-dimensional vampire, like, <laughs> you know, with a bed of flowers that are melting, like, who knows, with, like, Mickey Mouse holding it up as Atlas or something. So, like, I don't think that that would be, like, you know, what a client would ever want. And so I, I do I feel it needs to exist in the world, though. Oh, for, oh, for sure, man. I mean, I, I do have clients sometimes that are just like, <sighs> after clients get tattooed, like, the first step is the first step, you know, or other things, excuse me, the first step is the hardest step, rather. Um, and so, like, once clients get tattoos for me, they're normally like, you're cool. You know, they know that I have their best interests at heart. Um, and so they'll just kind of be like, I want a rose, right? And yeah. they know that I know kind of the style that we're going for. I know kind of what we're trying to do for them. And so they just kind of trust me to do what I think looks best. And obviously when you come in, we're going to talk about this stuff, right? There's right. only like, you know, um, an hour, I always call it a waste of time. It's not really wasted, but I, that's why at least what I tell my clients. Like, we're just going to talk about stuff, right? Like, how big is this thing? You know, because size matters in tattoos because obviously the smaller you go, the less detail I can do, right? The bigger we go, depends on the body shape. Will it fit? Do you have the funds for this? Because obviously we're also talking about, we're talking about economics as well. Right. You know, but like we're talking about like the back piece, I mean, back pieces are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So, you know, I've never completed a back piece and I've been tattooing, you know, 13, 14 years, right? So, I mean, there's clients out there that would do it. And I have a lot of clients that travel into me, but can they travel in and give me 60 hours worth of money? Right. So, you know, I, I, I wish clients were like that. And there are some out there that do it. But like I said, even for smaller projects and clients are like, just do whatever. They don't really want that. <laughs> right? um, I think they're thinking that based on, you know, the work that I've shown, that that's what I would want to do, you know? Right. I mean, I think I was thinking less about the actual reality of something like that happening and more about like maybe what you really wanted to do. What you told me. Yeah, the, the yeah, whole I mean, space galaxy vampire stuff. Like, let's put yeah. reality out the window. Let's concentrate on the art for a second. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> but I do, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Cause I, I mean, I would realistically probably do, like, I don't know if I would want to do a large back piece just because it does take a long time. And I realized as an artist, I don't like working on the same things forever. Um, like, I don't mind. Obviously, I don't mind coming back in and working on police and, and, and that kind of stuff. But I feel like I would not want to be the artist that works on one painting a year. You know? Yeah. Um, I, right. Like I don't, I, and I respect those artists that like, you know, they're, they're doing like a cityscape of um, New York and they're painting every window pane. Right. And that's amazing. And, and, and it's unbelievable. I had a chance, I forget in New Orleans, it might've been like three years ago. They had like a realism exhibit at the, I think the museum of art in New Orleans. Um, by the zoo and it had to like the Chuck Close type paintings and you know all these things are like you're doing all the reflections in a glass of water right and these paintings right. I'm sure they only produce like six paintings a year right and they're phenomenal and amazing but I feel like for me as an artist sometimes I just want to do Darth Vader's helmet and be done right <laughs> and then right I, you give me you give me four to eight hours <laughs> Right, and, and I'm gonna, and I think that comes from like more of like the street art kind of background stuff I was interested in, where it's like I'm not, I don't have all day to put up something that is visually interesting, um, and I think of tattoos in a street art way because they do fade away, just like rain would fade away paint on a wall, right? 
So I'm right. trying to make this image as nice as I wouldn't say quick, but within the time frame that we have. Um, and then we move forward. Now we can come back and add another one of those, right? And another one of those and kind of stack them. Um, and other artists are different. Like I said, I work with two great artists, um, Michael Gabold and David Neal, and they, they kind of are posting almost sometimes from like a, the, the, the flip side of that, right? Where they're doing, um, you know, large scale thinking, right? They're doing one image, but that one image may take 20 hours, right? Um, and that's awesome. And it looks great. Um, in, in a perfect world, sure, maybe I could do a 20 hour, <laughs> 20 hour Princess Leia or something. Um, but I would say that, like, you know, that once you bring the realistic aspect into it, um, that kind of limits me, <laughs> you know, um, as far as that yeah. kind of stuff. And unfortunately, money, money is out there. And, or the lack thereof, I could say. I wanted to ask you about one more thing, and then I'll stop eating up your time. Um, oh, you're good. Tell me about your stencil art, because I see that. Um, is that, that's yours, right? The, on your Instagram, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. different stuff. I love those. Those are fun and amazing. Where are those? Are those like, do you put them on canvases? Do you put them up around places? They are very hidden. <laughs> um, because it is illegal. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So, okay, so you don't have to tell me where any of them are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But, yeah, so that's why I don't, like, I use them for, like, um, I mean, obviously you could do them the same on, like, um, canvases and things like that for sure. Um, but the fumes are very hard to smell. <laughs> you know, they're, right. they're toxic. So, um, you know, I use them a lot of times for experiments um, in simplicity. You know, I think early me and tattooing, you know, I wanted to do things that were, like, super technical and, and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, a lot of times when you're dealing with skin, like, those things don't hold up very well. And it blurs together, right? Um, you know, just the science of tattooing, like, your tattoos kind of blur over long periods of time. And so I'm trying to kind of think about things about being very concise. Like, how can I put forth an image that is clean, that you know what it is by sight? Right, if that kind of makes sense. So, um, right, and, and the same with tattooing. Like, you don't necessarily want someone to look at your tattoo and have to be like, "What is this?" So, um, even when I look, so, so that kind of makes sense. I kind of use them hand in hand as like kind of experiments and stuff. So a lot of times when I'm traveling or doing whatever, I will find the most abandoned building in the world, <laughs> you know, um, and and kind of do that. And so, you know, it's it's not hard to really create the stencils. Um, you can pretty much do it with any image within reason. Obviously, you know, some things work better than others with, like, light and shadow. Um, but I don't really do a lot of technical. There are people out there that do, like, you know, every beard hair, you know, on a right. Darwin's face is, like, so meticulously cut out and stuff. I mean, I'm doing things like a tie fighter, right? Like, you know, the beauty in the beauty. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, like, you would know what this was. Your Beauty and the Beast one was one of the ones that stood out because your characters nest inside of each other. Right, right, yeah. And I mean, and, and honestly, like, that stencil is easy to print off of, like, Google or something. Like, um, there, there's so many different, like, you could go on Etsy and find something probably close, you know? Um, so there's just so much stuff that's, like, it, it, the stuff is out there. It's really, like, I, I kind of think of it like the Andy Warhol aspect of, like, you know, uh, it's not hard to find a soup can logo, you know? Um, but the way in which you're rendering it and putting it out there is what is going to be more of, like, your thing. So, I, and like I said, I do that with just with my tattoo. So, um, you know, I just kind of try to make that in, uh, uh, I guess, the, um, probably think of the word. And that's kind of, like, my first thoughts when I'm able to do things that have, like, layered imagery and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to everybody else. I'm, I'm happy. Um, so, real quick, for anyone that might be listening that is either younger or maybe wanting to think about going into tattooing or really any part of your journey, if they match up and, and can relate to any part of your journey, what would you tell them? going forward, what advice would you give them? 
Oh, man, I don't know if I'd be the best person for advice, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I would say find your place with what you think you do well and what you think that you will be able to consistently keep working towards. Um, and, and it's okay to fail. Like, I think you, you learn a lot from failure and just really those two things mixed with like, you know, that deep passion that you have to be an artist, I think will carry you through. Um, it does take a long time. So like patience obviously is kind of uh, very important, but I think the counter side to that is that it's also, it's, it's not for everyone, you know? So I think, like I said, I think it's, you know, if that's fair enough, like, I don't want to be negative about it, but I think that, you know, it's, it's really hard, I think, sometimes because you have, you can't think of it as a hobby. If that, if you're trying to go with it, go with it from like a career perspective, um, it has, well, you're like, about to deal with someone's skin. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, and and that's what I say, like, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to take it, put, I guess, a little more seriousness into it um, because it is a long-term commitment, right? I mean, it's definitely not something that you can go at um, wildly. But like I said, I I don't want to really focus on the negative because I feel like that's a part of the process is growth. And if you can stay consistent and you can stay determined and really hang in there, um, then I think you'll have a great chance of, you know, kind of really pulling some goodness out of that. Anthony, I want to thank you. I think that's a decent answer. (laughs) I think you went back, we touched on um, that, that whole point you made in the very beginning, which was, you know, you might not be the best at something now, but keep working at it, keep putting in the effort, keep learning, and and it gets better and you grow. Um, I don't think you were ever negative. For me, you come from a very realistic point, and I appreciate that a lot because there's many times in my life where I wish somebody would have sat me down and been like, look, here are the realities of what you're about to go through, and here's the fantasy you have in your head of what you think this is all going to be, but this is a lot of work. Everything, everything, you know, and I, I, I try to tell my, my um, students who are in high school and, um, and the, the kids I get to talk to that are in college, I was like, you take this time right now and you savor every moment of it. If you, somebody gives you the opportunity to experiment with material, you do it because this is the only time in your life that this is all non-consequential. For sure. No, this I mean, is learning. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, that's the time. I mean, you used to nail in there. Like, that is the time. Like, I, I look back now and it's like, you know, when I, 20 years ago I was in college, right? So, you know, it's a crazy time to think about that stuff. And I, I remember, you know, really, it, you, you, it's like you only, you don't understand struggle until you really struggle. And you don't, you don't think about the time that you've been gifted, like you said, to really experiment and to take those chances. And, you know, hey, if you have that chance to go do a gallery show, like, and that theater is scaring you, like, just do it, right? The worst that can happen is it's a failure, <laughs> right? But you're going right. to have plenty more failures, unfortunately, in life. Like, that, that's just, especially if you're going to be in the art field. Like, I don't know hardly any artist that just, you know, you know you're batting a thousand. Everything you do doesn't miss. Um, so I think that, you know, if you can just keep putting work out there and being consistent, and I, I always think about, like, the Picasso thing, and I, and I wish I could remember the numbers, but he was one of the more prolific artists as far as constantly putting stuff out there. I don't like most of his, <laughs> I don't like most of his work. But it was just the fact that he was, you're, you're, you're putting so much into the world that something's got to stick, right? Right. Out of that, that sea of work, right? You paint 10 things, maybe only five are great, right? But you learn something from the five that weren't, right? So you're trying and you to, had to paint the 10 to get the five. Exactly. And then when you're getting to those good fives, you've already, that's just more hours added to your, like, your, your 10 years, 10,000 hours to, to try to really hone your skills in there. So I don't think of anything as like, um, waste of time as far as like putting in the work. 
right? You're always trying to build that um, muscle memory. And you're also looking at things different. I mean, you could draw 10 roses, right, or, or 10 birds, 10 whatever, and that 10th bird hopefully is going to be better than the first one, right? Because you're right. trying to see, you're seeing things differently. And that's something I even tell my clients, like when they think about doing, you know, uh, an apple, they just think red, right? But if you actually look at an apple, you've got like white from where the sun, the, the highlight of the spot, you've got brown dots, you've got magenta tones at the bottom, right? A green leaf, a brown stem, orangish, reddish tones at the top as the colors kind of were striated there. So there's so much more that, as you know, but if you were to draw your first apple, it's just going to be like, you know, <laughs> a circle of red, right? Yeah. So you really just kind of like put that time into learning to see. And, you know, like I said, I think if you're consistent and you work hard, like you'll eventually get there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Anthony. Um, thank, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and spending your morning with me talking about all of this. This is fascinating to me. Um, it's just a, it's a part of the world, the art world that I don't live in. And I, yeah. I love it. With the, with the whole rise of um, Ink Master and all of that, it, it's become more public. But what I got to do is the, 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 I was always scared to walk into a tattoo parlor. I did it once. I got a tattoo. It was something, you know, picked off the wall and I had a special meaning for it, but the tattoo artist just, you know, didn't care. It was a horrible experience. And so that's been a world I've not stepped back into since. Um, but getting to watch the artistry that everyone is putting into their work now, it's, it's much, much more developed. And there's beautiful imagery that's being placed on canvases that just happen to be human skin. Um, so I love what you do. I think it's amazing, and your work is beautiful and colorful and bright. Um, it's all just so refreshing for me, and it's fun. Your work's so fun. <laughs> well, thank so. you, man. I mean, I, I, you're, you're, you're going to make me blush over here. But, uh, yeah, man, I, mean, I, I, I definitely appreciate it. And, I, you know, I, I tell everyone, like, you know, it, it can be intimidating because I think that just the nature of tattooing has that element of, like, bad boy, you know, um, biker bad boy. But it has definitely changed, you know. And I think if you're able to really do your research and find an artist that, like, suits your needs, don't be afraid to talk to them, you know. I mean, it's like we talked before, the artwork, like, you know, you're, you're, it's, a, it's a process of elimination. You're only getting better as you go. So if you talk to five artists, one out of five has got to be really good for you, right? So, yeah. you know, take that time and really just trying to do your research because, like I said, no matter what you're looking for, you know, I would definitely look for an artist that really feels like they are passionate and really care about um you know, what you are interested in, regardless of what it is, right? And if they don't, maybe they can recommend someone that can. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, everyone who's been listening, this has been Anthony Washington. You can find him on Instagram, Anthony Inc. Co. You can find him in Hattiesburg at the uh, Ink Company Tattoos. Remember to make an appointment. It's that kind of thing now, and don't bring your friends. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> but I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to another artist interview. I love doing these, and I love getting to talk and meet, uh, um, almost meet other artists. One day we'll all meet. Uh, but until next Friday, I will talk to you then.